Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back for episode 28, but also episode one kind of, of the official new Believe in Padres Prospect podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. LA's and San Diego's, it's in the show notes, number one sports podcast Sports podcast network, episode 28 slash number one, because we've started a new show. Yeah, we're doing officially, uh, we, t- we told you guys last week um, that we are starting a Padres Prospect show. Because I'm mostly in San Diego anyway, and I'm from San Diego, and it just makes more sense. And Believe is expanding into San Diego and some other regions, so we wanted to get our foot in the door with that new programming. Made sense for us. The new LA prospect show is being run. Is being run by Cesar Becerra. So Cesar, I mean, I don't really know a lot about Cesar. Shout out to Cesar. Or Caesar. Some guys go by Caesar, right? Julius. I always go by Cesar. I had a basketball coach named Cesar in high school. Fired for... <laughs> there it is. Um, this was several years after I graduated. Fired for having a relationship with a female basketball player at the school. There's your son. That doesn't apply. And he's been uh, he's been in Mexico ever since. So shout out, <laughs> shout out to him. Uh, that's, we took a weird turn right out the gates. Well, we are in San Diego, so... It's, you know, it's not, it's not well, we're we're in Hermosa today. Um, so I wrote down a list of things that I was thinking about driving up here. We'll lead off with the first one, which is... Um, so obviously, I work for a summer league baseball yeah. team, and we have a doubleheader today, and I'm, I'm missing it. And I'm terrified of leaving the interns alone. <laughs> that Because it's the first game that they're there without me, and I tried to, my best to teach them what to do, and I left them a list of things to do. And told them all their jobs, and I'm terrified it's going to go to hell. Right. So while the warehouse is burning, that's that's one of the things I wrote down. <laughs> second, second thing I wrote down, I was pass, I was driving through LA, and I had a I'm in LA moment. So I drove by this yoga studio for kids, and I was like, God damn it, we're I'm in, I'm in LA. So yoga studio for kids. It said like toddlers, tweens, in betweens, babies, it, all this stuff for yoga. And I was thinking to myself, this is the dumbest idea I've ever heard of. And I was also thinking, who actually does yoga? It's not it's not babies. They do accidental baby yoga. They already do yoga because they're babies and they, they bend like Gumby just naturally. They don't need yoga class. Wow. So, well, you've seen babies. Babies, like yeah, kids, yeah, you yeah. can fold a baby like three times and they don't even notice because they're babies. So Babies are really weird that way. I mean, Jordan Peterson social psychologist says that every baby baby babbles every possible uh, vowel combination for every language until they figure out wait a minute I'm speaking English or I'm speaking Spanish or Chinese or whatever the hell it is and then they basically just stick to those tones and that's it but they go through a point where they have to babble everything before they can find the correct 
language for where they're living in. Interesting. Yeah. So where I was going was, who actually does yoga? So if I threw out who does yoga to you, who, who do you think, like, what's the, like your typical person that does yoga? Given the fact that I mean, sister, anyone that lives in LA, first of all, but let's throw that, let's throw that out there. Given the fact that my sister is a yoga instructor. I think of, I think of women. The proximity is just a little too. So like, I think women do it because it's a really good way for women to stay in shape. Women do it. Seniors. Low impact. Should, should do it. Um, catchers need to do it. So I was going, this is where I was going from women. So, so not many men do it unless you live in LA or San Diego or something. But New York. The men who, Miami. yeah, New York, Miami. The men who do it, I think so are typically athletes who use it very specific for very specific reasons. That's true. Um, I've done yoga, by the way, so I'm not just dumping. That's a shocker. I'm just not dumping on <laughs> yoga right now. I've always wanted to get in yoga because I've always been this? really inflexible. Um, I don't know, months ago. I've, I tried I tried doing it a few times because I wanted to yoga get more flexible. Yoga. No, like at home. Okay. I don't, I'm not going out. God, <laughs> God no. Yoga, yoga. But it is, I think it's very good for athletes. I recommend it to all athletes to do. But I just had catching coaches who made it requirements for the catchers to have to do yoga for the flexibility issue because he's like, do you want to be able to throw the ball from your knees? You do. Great. Got to learn how to do yeah. this shit. <laughs> I also had hippies on the list. So anyone that's a hippie is doing yoga? Yeah. Like uh, you're doing hot yoga or beach yoga or goat yoga. The whole you know, Bay Area drug movement helped bring in a lot of those. And the, the Beatle, Beatle fans. Yeah. You know. And then, yeah, you said, mentioned elderly people. I think it's really good for them along with like walking. Seniors, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's the people doing yoga, not babies, not toddlers, not kids. They don't. Okay. Now, now fun question, fun, fun business question. Now my ta- my, my tail is wagging. Um, how much are you going to charge the babies? I'm going to, I'm thinking about trying how to shut the place down, not how much to charge them. It's like $600 a month. Uh, what was this at? Carlsbad? No, it's in Hermosa. This is oh. a LA moment. Yeah. So I was trying to I was trying to go through these quickly. We're going we're going through them too slow. The second one I had, or the third one I guess, was I had a revelation that we're of the age where you're not really making any new friends, and that you're in fact treading water with friends, or you're losing friends every year. Every year you get older, you're probably losing friends. Yeah. My grandfather um, traditionally had always said to everyone in the family, "You're basically going to die," saying you. If you had one friend, one real friend. Who's not your wife or husband. Right. Yeah. You must have had a good life. You had two. must have had an amazing life. You had three. You're fucking lying. (laughs) Nice. Other things, Will Smith got called up again. So I was like, all right, Will Smith's back. Cool. Um, I saw he got called up. They put uh, somebody on the DL. Who did they put on the DL? Doesn't matter. Someone went on the deal, and uh, Will Smith Purdue got called. Hit, like, home runs off again all and Will Smith's been good. All, he's been good all year. He's good at the major league level. He's good at AAA. Right. And he's back up again, so good for him. Garrett Hampson got called back up again for the Rockies, who I kind of like. And Logan Allen made his first career start for the Padres, and that was all over news because Logan Allen, kind of a semi-dude prospect, not expected to be a top-of-the-line starter, but had this thing where he met John Cena a couple years ago at a restaurant. Did you hear this in the news? So he met John Cena and they like sparked up a relationship, which is weird because he's so much younger than John Cena. So it's a little weird that they are like friends. But uh, John Cena said he'd give him a dollar if he ever made the pros. And so John Cena was Shit. John Cena was at the game that Logan Allen started for. To give him the dollar. And was like, is like a Logan Allen fan now and had the Logan Allen jersey. And That's cool. Logan Allen won his debut, which is really exciting. And yeah, I don't know. That story got beat to death, though. I would be happy if I never had to hear that story again. On today's show, 
Double A All Stars. So we're we're really doing our Padres stuff today. We're gonna talk about the Padres, Amarillo Sod Poodles. Uh, we should get them on the podcast. The the yeah, the Pod Poodles, the Pod Sod Pod the Pod Poodles, the Sod Poodles have a podcast. We should try to get them on. Yeah, one more time. The Padres. We're gonna update the Padres draft, which was uh, the 2019 draft, which we just finished up. We talked with Benjamin Chase about the draft a little bit, but we didn't really dive into a Padres centric draft recap. So we're going to do that with the first few picks because the later guys don't really, no one really knows what to expect from them yet. From them yet. And I think it's irresponsible to kind of talk about late guys that we don't know and that no one else, they, they can pretend to know who was drafted in the 10th round and you can kind of box score, scout them. And you can bring in, I don't know if you wanted to, Keith Law to talk about them, but nobody really knows these guys and you kind of wait for them to emerge. You wait for a year. You, you take a late pick you throw them in the minors, you wait a year, you let them simmer, you see what happens and comes out the other side. And they're all kind of flyers. You just, you're guessing on all these guys. So we'll give those guys about a year to marinate. We'll, get, we'll check back in. We're going to check back in with last year's draft, guys. So this year's draft, last year's draft, who was headed by Ryan Weathers, Xavier Edwards at the top, um, along with a couple others who are having good years. Oh, you want to do uh, episode 28? Number 28. Who do you like at number? Who you like at number 28? You got Bert Blylevin and Sparky Lyle. I don't know. I have no idea who Sparky Lyle is. Former Yankee. It says Cy Young Award winner out of the bullpen, which is never going to happen again. I can promise you. <laughs> and Bert Blylevin, who is a famous late Hall of Fame inductee, guy who was supposed to get traction for years and years and years, and some guys liked him, other guys didn't like him, and he. Had a long career, successful career, but the conversation was always, is Burt a uh, Hall of Famer? And then he got in in 2011, which was his 14th year, year of eligibility, which is just a super long time to be on the ballot and not get in, and then he finally got in. My favorite, number 28, Buster Posey. Uh, I think he's done, by the way. Yeah, you know, he's too old. You think He's not even that old. He's, he's old. How old do you think he is? 30. No, under, man. He turned 32 in March. Wow. He's sneaky young and didn't hold up at all. Well, I mean, those having two, a having those a really two, bad year. Two injuries, right? But Buster has been sneaky not good for like the last two years now. I agree. Like really bad this year, yeah. obviously. He's hitting 244 with three home runs in the 305 OBP. He's done. That, that's the end for him. Because last year, we've seen a de- steady decline. So 2017, he played in 140 games, hit 320, 12 homers. That's kind of what you expect from him. 400 OBP. Not a lot of power. Always hits for good average. Always plays for good, good defense. Handles the staff well. Everything clutch. everything you can want from a, a catcher. Clutch, clutch guy, clutch, clutch gene, game. if you believe in that, which he kind of had it. Him and Yadier Molina. Yep. Steady Eddie. And then we saw a decline last year, hit 284 still, which is not as good if you're only hitting five home runs. I mean, 12 home runs is already a pretty low bar. Sure. And if you're slicing that in half. In this league. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> now you're hitting 284. The, the low home run title is not as fun. Your on base went down 40 points. Give him the new ball. <laughs> uh, give him some, start, ju- like start injecting him while he's asleep. Oh, and then man. this year he fell off the cliff. I think he's done. He's off the horse. You think he's done? Said, yeah, no, I, I know he's done. Send him back to the farm. Put him down nicely. He, he's a horse from Santa Anita. Just <laughs> too soon. <laughs> too soon. Oh, man. He, he, he needs to be put down. Put out to pasture. 
Maybe put him put him at the stud. Send him to catcher stud the stud barn where he can just make new catchers. Pair him up with Jenny Finch and just make new catchers. <laughs> Something, but he he needs. I don't know if he's gonna. Do you think he's the guy that kind of just lingers around for the next few years and is just and is yeah and is just not good anymore and plays five more years because he's still young. He's thirty two. Probably. Even 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 if like my my gut instinct should say no, I want to say yeah, because of Padre. We're watching the Pirate Padres Pirates game seven four Padres bottom line. Kirby Yates is in. Speaking of Kirby Yates, I want to say yes because in our stream for just us. like such a, a heavy organizational piece or was. Um, I'd I'd build Bel- so much... I'd build Belichick that team and just gut it and like have no emotional connection. Like Bo- Posey, you were good. While you were while you were good, which is not anymore, and you're done. See ya. If I was Bochi, I would have retired last year. This is not a great way to end 21. But in the meantime, he's on the books. He's on the books for two more years after this year, making 42.8 million dollars. Good luck being a Giants fan. Potter's fans are popping champagne right now because he's he's done. The Giants are done. Um, they're they're going nowhere quickly. They're they're running on quicksand. Yay. They had you guys had your run, Giants and Giant fans who are not listening to the show. But you had your run. You wanted three titles in what was it, six years? You want you had to do that thing where you won every other year. And it was a really fun ride and t- fun time ride. to time to step over. And now it's the Dodgers' turn. They've been dominating that division for the last few years. That's fine. But the Padres are coming. That's fine too. The Rockies are kind of lingering. They have like a window of like one or two more years, I think. Right. Because they're gonna no, they re-signed him to this monster deal, so he's staying. Right. Trevor Story is a stud, and he's young, and he's signed for a long time. But the rest of the team's kind of thin. Charlie Blackman is on his way out. He's older. He's thirty-one. His numbers have been going down, kind of de- declining every year. And he he belongs on a mountaintop somewhere, just living off the land. I don't. He doesn't look like a baseball player to me. He does not. But that I don't think that they're never gonna have pitching. I, they just don't seem like a real kid. They seem like an 85 to 90 win team right now and probably next year too, unless something Drastic. changes. And uh, I just don't see it from them. But the Padres are coming quickly. That's what she said. But it's it's I think over the next five years, um, I think the, the Rockies are – it's going to be hard for the Rockies to get over the hump of just being okay to, to good to very good. And I think the Padres are going to blow by them, and I think the Dodgers are just going to stay put. It, at very good, and it's gonna be a Padres Dodgers slugfest for the next two years. I agree, and I like being on the on the Padres side of that because the Padres are the more young, exciting team. Not not that the Do- the Dodgers have Cody Bellinger, who's having one of the best years ever. Ever, but the thing with Cody Bellinger's great season that I think you have to worry about if you're a Dodger fan, and you're a Cody Bellinger fan, is put on your your non-biased goggles and. He's clearly not this good. There's going to be regression to his regression to the mean is like the the stat track or the the analytics phrase that I love the most, which is if the player is performing above his head, there's regression coming. If he's playing way below his ceiling, there's regression to the mean coming, which means he's going to improve next year. Regression doesn't always mean something negative, but Cody had a, kind of a rough year last year. You kind of expected some regression, which meant he's going to get back to closer to what he should be. Which is what I was assuming. And, well, you didn't take the over on his 28 home runs, or did you? No. Okay. But this year, he's playing just way above his head. Which is what, yeah. And now he's, you have to expect, no one's, 
you're you're not as good as you are. So I heard this thing today or the other day, which is when a team is on its on its uh, win streak, it's won like five, six in a row. No team is is as ever good as they are during that streak. Like you won five in a row, that's not who you are. You're just hot. Same with a losing streak. If you've lost five in a row, you're not really that bad either, unless you're the Orioles. There's <laughs> there's exceptions. But no one's ever – you're never that bad. Like any any team can lose five in a row, and any team can win five in a row. You're never – that's never your identity. You're somewhere in the middle. And that's kind of what Cody's doing right now is he's ebbing and flowing back and forth between not being so great and being fucking amazing. And realistically, he's somewhere in the middle. So if you kind of don't take advantage of this season from him, he's not going to be as good next year. Just because of math. So take advantage of it now because the Potters are coming. Fernando Tatis, Machado's having a bad year. Machado's not this bad. He's hitting like 250 with like 13, 14 home runs, whatever it is. Is he married? I think he is. I I complain about his goatee every time I see him on TV. His goatee or his hair? His goatee. Or both. Manny's. He's got like, he does the little, what's it called? With just a little tuft of hair on your chin. Like you're a... Like a thirteen-year-old trying to grow, trying to grow a beard. No, the soul patch is under the lip. Oh right. So what's the little tuft of hair at the bottom? It looks terrible, and I hate it. <laughs> I don't know why a grown man would do this. I'm not. I mean, I can't grow facial hair at all, so I'm not I'm the right person to call him out on it. I just think it looks so dumb. And he's maybe he can't grow it either. I don't think he can grow. Then facial shave hair. it. Don't. I don't think he can grow facial hair. He because the rest of him looks yeah. like a seal. He's smooth as <laughs> shit. So, but anyway, Manny, shave that. I don't know why his wife lets him walk out of the house with it. Maybe she doesn't mind. Can we get a Latin perspective from you two? Do Latin people like that look? Monica's. Monica's Hispanic. John's Hispanic. Very popular. It's popular. Do you think it looks good no, on anyone? Personally. John? <laughs> Where are we going with the show today? I wanted to get into double uh, A all-stars. I never heard of half of these guys, and the ones I do know are way past the prime. Most of these guys never had a prime. This guy here is dead. Last week we did the high A All-Stars, and we talked about some Padres who were doing well, Luis Camposano. Uh, we've talked about Luis Patino and Mackenzie Gore a lot, and I think those two are the most exciting. This is kind of my bias and unbiased opinion. I've said it on Padres shows, but I've, or I've not said it on Padres shows, but now I'm saying it on the Padres show. Mackenzie Gore and Luis Patino are the two most exciting starting pitching prospects that are teammates in minor league baseball. So if you want to go see one of them pitch at Lake Elsinore, I think now is the time to go because that's where they're both at and they're not going to stay there for very long. So go see them. Luis Patino is a 19-year-old just killing high A, which is so bizarre, and so is Mackenzie Gore. And we think Mackenzie Gore is going to be a candidate for the rotation as soon as next year. It's wild. That's how good he is if he stays healthy. So I wanted to talk about double A All Stars, and so double A All Stars for Los Padres. We're also talking about off air about how the Padres are the only professional professional team across any major sport that has the team name in a different language. Los Padres. No one ever. Why did you yell that? I don't know. No one. <laughs> no one ever thinks about that just because it's they've been around since 1969. It's just weird that they're the only team with a name in a different language. Is that weird? Challenge. Can we find another team with a different professional team? We're talking like hockey, baseball, basketball. Is there, is there one in basketball? This Padres Pirates game just got really interesting. 
There's there's Machado's stupid little goatee. So seven six, Kirby's on the mound. Oof. Second and third, one out, and it looks like Vomit. we're in danger of blowing this game. So Padre All Stars, let's let's steer it back. Double <laughs> uh, oh A All Stars. Let's see if I can find the the thing. So for the the sod poodles, you know I'm doing a show over here, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the sod poodles, Luis Torrens. Ivan Castillo, Owen Miller, shout out because he's a, he was a draft pick last year, 85th overall, already in double A and already an all-star. So a guy that we didn't really expect anything from. So the, the top two picks were Ryan Weathers, who went seventh, and then Xavier Edwards, who went back in the first round, like 30-something. 30, 30 uh, both are having good years also. We're going to get into them in a second. But Owen Miller, not someone Pottery fans think about very often, not on any like top... 10 lists, not a top 100 prospect, kind of gets forgotten. 84, 84th overall from Illinois State, college guy from Wisconsin. I mean, Wisconsin's putting out some good players. Jared Kalenic this year, or I mean, we'll draft it last year, but having an outstanding year this year. And then get our boy Gavin Lux, who I always talk about. I'm a Pottery fan, but I can talk about Gavin Lux because I have a, a man crush on Gavin Lux now. All from Wisconsin. And Noah Miller's from Wisconsin. Hitting 309 this year for AA in his first. This is your first full season of pro ball. So last year you get drafted, you go to short season league, or you go to low A, which is what he did. That's exactly his route. And we got a tie ball game. Kirby blows it. So he's hitting 309 this year, eight home runs. Not really a runner. Three stolen bases, three caught ceiling. Not his game. 367 OBP. I always look at OBP. So he's having, a, he's having a fine season, and minor league all-stars are kind of weird because the Potters have, or the Sod Poodles, I should say, have seven, and it's just kind of a, a product of there's not many teams um, in AA that are pumping out, you know, top, top prospects. You have to fill starting pitcher slots, You have to, and not all the best starting pitching is at AA at once, and you have reliever slots to fill, and there's lots of really good relievers, but usually they're older, or they're failed starters, and they're transitioning, and you get lots of reliever all stars that we don't really pay attention to. It's hard to kind of it's hard to differentiate who's just having a good season in the minors, who's an actual prospect that we should pay attention to, who's a reliever that you know could affect the big club someday, but we kind of just don't really care. They're not sexy. They're reliever. Um, so the guys that are sexy are Owen Miller, Edward Oliveras, Luis Torrens. I don't really I don't really get. He's a catcher, but just. Pottery fans have seen Luis Torrens before. He came over in that Yankees deal. We got him, or uh, he was a Rule 5 pick. And we're going to extra innings with the Potters and the Pirates. And he's back in the minors because he, he wasn't ready, and he, he struggled in his call-up to San Diego. Is he a, a future backup? Yeah, I think that's probably where he lives at. Good defensively. Bat might be behind. And then a bunch of guys I've never heard of. Edward Olivares, who the Padres got in the trade that sent Jan Harris Solarte to the Blue Jays, uh, I think it was last year, two years ago-ish now. It's hard to keep track because we're old. But Oliveras is 23, playing double-A. Seventh in the league in RBI. What? What's that? What? Place a sandwich. Okay. We said that'd be a good name for a bar. That'd be a great name. Oliveras. Uh, Marcus Stats. Hitting 262, which doesn't jump out at you. Nine home runs doesn't really jump out at you, but 
16 stolen bases, plays good defense. I don't know what Oliveris is really going to turn into. Probably just organizational depth, honestly. I don't I don't see him like exploding as a 23-year-old all of a sudden in double-A. You never know, though. I mean, prospects, 90% of prospects don't even matter. So kind of just the nature of the game. But I, I do kind of like him as org- organizational depth. Um, I think he's like a less good version of Buddy Reed, who the Padres took a couple years ago out of Florida, who's kind of had a resurgence in the minors. I, I also don't love Buddy Reed. I think he has been playing against poor competition, which has helped inflate a bunch of his numbers and got – Pottery fans excited over this guy that you forget that he's an advanced college bat and he's just killing it at high A. Well, yeah, he's 23 years old. He should have been killing it at high A. And now he's at double A. Um, he got called up last year to double A and has been at double A all year this year. And we're seeing him really struggle. Is leading the team in eyebrows, I think. He's got tremendous eyebrows. <laughs> but other than that, he, he's built like a football player. He's 6'4", 210. And I just, I'm worried that like, Teams that draft players like this who are going for body type, athleticism. Um, Just like going off of the football. Yeah, the guys that can play two things very well, but not one thing great. And you hope you can teach him to play baseball, and it just kind of never happens. I I always think of Bubba Starling with the Royals who did this. This is is a while ago, but the guy who's got two sports in college that he wants to play, and so you buy him out and you send him to the minors, and you hope if he just focuses on baseball, he'll, he'll get really good at it. Buddy Reed played college baseball, so it's not really quite the same thing. He was a second-round pick. But I don't really – he's 24, hitting 224 with eight home runs and 10 stolen bases in double-A. Didn't, I didn't really mean to talk about Buddy Reed today, but Buddy Reed, everyone was – I remember people were excited about him last year. It's like, oh, is Buddy Reed good now? I'm like, well, no, let's calm down, and he's, he's definitely not. So those are kind of the all-stars I wanted to talk about. There was Owen Miller, Luis Torrens, Edward Olivares. No one really that exciting. No one in the Padres' top 15. Probably not even in the top 20, honestly. If I had made a top 20, I don't think any of those guys would be on it. Mm. But just kind of fun. It's good to have representation at the at the AA All-Star game and wearing Sod Poodle gear. Send us Sod Poodle gear, Sod Poodles. We'd, I'd wear Sod Poodle gear. Also, we're going to try to reach out to the Sod Poodles podcast. We mentioned that already. Re-mentioning it again. Yeah. By the way, the game that we were watching is now in the 11th inning, 7-7. Pottery's base is loaded with nobody out. Will Myers up. Um, Pottery's missed the boat on trading Will Myers when he was hot. He started the year off really well. Is the only guy who was hitting. And he has come back down to earth. He's having a really bad year. Batting gloves or no batting gloves? Well, he wears no batting gloves. He picks up dirt every after every pitch. It's kind of a weird thing he does. It's like Nadal. Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the hat. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> before we get into – well, let's let's get into the Padres draft picks from last year. So we wanted to talk about how guys were doing. So Ryan Weathers, who was taken seventh overall, we had, Padres had a really high draft pick, high schooler from Tennessee, has performed very well so far, I think, in his first full season ball. He's playing low A, which is – kind of right where he should be. It's it's semi-aggressive. He's not in short season. He's not in rookie ball anymore. He's in low A. Has a 364 ERA across 42 innings. He's striking out more than a batter per nine. He's walking 1.7 batters per nine. Those are really good ratios from a young guy. He has command. He's got strikeout pitches. He's been durable so far. I've been very... When Ryan... When Ryan whoa, when Ryan Weathers... That's lots of R's and W's all thrown 
I did. I, I, by the time you got there, I was already done. He's he was never when Ryan Weathers. Yeah, it's hard to say, man. <laughs> when Ryan Weathers was drafted, he was kind of projected, I think, as more of a safer pick, which is weird because the Padres are kind of known, or AJ Preller is kind of known for swinging for the fences on guys, which is uh, a very viable minor league tactic, I think, when you're selecting guys from inter- the international class or you're drafting, is to go for the really high ceiling guys because. The guys who are just kind of organizational depth players are not difference makers on your team. The real, the only way you really get difference makers is if you take chances and the really high, high potential guys, that's how you, that's how you get all-stars and that's how you get MVPs and you take chances. That's what Preller has been known for. And Ryan Weathers just seemed like a safer pick, which is a little unusual, but it also kind of falls in line with what he does, Preller that is, who takes maybe a safer pick early saves bonus slot money in the draft and spends it on a guy later who's got the high potential, who teams are afraid of commitment-wise because they have a strong commitment to a school, which is what we saw from Hudson Head this year, who was a fourth-round draft pick by the Padres. Hudson Head had a really strong commitment to Oklahoma um, as a high school player, and so the Padres saved bonus slot money and then blew their bonus slot on Hudson Head, paid him, millions over what the the slot value was for that pick in the fourth round and it's because they saw something in him and they're going to take their chances and buy him out of his commitment to Oklahoma which is a fine thing to do and we're seeing them save money in the first couple rounds so they can spend it later on guys high school players I guess Preller has this uh, mentality which is I know a lot of front offices do they go after the high school guys because you get them into your minor league system faster you can develop them faster and, and they can reach the majors faster. College guys, you, you kind of slow your development because they're not, it's not their job yet. It's their, they're going for to college and it basically is their job. I'm not discounting. They play a ton. They do summer ball, um, but it's not the same. You're not in your organization. They're not working with professional pitching coaches and professional hitting coaches. And they're right. not, they're not getting that kind of treatment as they are. is not as, as good of coaching as it is in college. I'm sorry, college coaches, but well, the argument I've heard is more of um, if they're going to go for somebody who's young, the reasoning being you want to have the high quality coaches, the high quality, um, you know, eyes on the talent to make sure that the talent can get better. And the level, college, right? the college levels are very high. It's just, no, 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 it's just it's, not quite as high as profession, right. professional talent. Because there's there and the NCAA will first call them um, student athletes first and foremost. Yeah. Um, and it's like if you're picking up somebody who's 17, 18 years old, right, fresh out of high school, and you're able to now groom them through your system with all of your coaching staff who are seasoned veterans, right, in developing talent, then you're going to be more like have a realistic gauge on how to determine this guy's going to make it, this guy's not going to make it. And the ones who do make it you know, are impact players. We're seeing it the last couple of years. The guys sooner. who get up sooner right. are they're. Juan Soto, Ronald Lacuna, Fernando Tatis. These guys are all 20 years old. And more importantly... And they've been in the system for four years. They're worth more. Yeah, they they have tremendous and so, yeah. value because they're making such a little amount of money. And obviously you try to sign them as quickly as you can because we've we talked about this on our show several times. But um, that's that's how you reap the, the value right. is you get the all-stars young. 
And it's it's a little harder to do in college because the guys are already kind of developed. Right, they're like 22. They're getting to you at 22. Yeah. And Fernando Tatis, Fernando Tatis is 20 years old. And he's already one of the best players on the Padres. Exactly. And if you want to change his eating habits, which is something to consider. So basically, what we're seeing <laughs> Preller do is try to buy out these really high, these really highly touted heli. They call them helium guys who kind of arise in a year and noble gases. Um, they he he wants to buy them out of their commitment to college to get them in the system quicker. Okay. So that's what he's spending his money on. And Ryan Weathers was a pick that was considered safer. Potters just score. They got in a run. Hosmer scores. Margot. I'm done with Margot, by the way, too. But um, looks like an infield single for Margot. Sugarcane shop. Hashtag. So that's Ryan Weathers. Then they went Xavier Edwards later. Xavier Edwards, I think, is having... I, I, I bought in early in my Dynasty League with Xavier Edwards, so I can I kind of consider him my baby. 38th overall. He's been just tearing the cover off the ball his entire career so far. Last year, rookie ball, short season league. Up to this season, he's at low A, hitting 332. No power at all. Um, he might grow into some because he's he, he's built for a little bit of power. He's 5'10", 175. They have him listed at Baseball America. Four home runs. I don't know why that came out so loud. And he doesn't have four home runs. What the fuck are you talking about? Sorry. What a weird thing to yell confidently into the microphone. That's how many he should have. <laughs> such such a weird thing for you to do, do right there. Got, got nothing to add and then just yells four home runs. Like you're, you have Tourette's, baseball Tourette's or something. Anyway, has no home runs in his pro career so far. Um, had 22 stolen bases last year, one caught ceiling in a very small sample size. So that's he just ran everywhere. This year, low A. I'm a little surprised he's not having as much success. He's been caught seven times in 24 attempts. So it's not the, not the most outstanding ratio from a guy expected to just run every time he got on base. In low A, the catchers aren't the best either, so I'm a little surprised. But he's still figuring it out. High school kid from Coconut Creek, Florida. Hotbed for baseball talent down there. And he's hitting. he just hits everything. He doesn't walk a ton, but it's because he's hitting everything. He's hitting 332. Last year, he hit 384 in rookie ball. He hit 314 in short season league. He just hits. And he's a shortstop now. Um, I kind of expect him to become a second baseman. Although he has, the, spe- he has the speed and the range to play short. But I think if our long-term goal is to keep if I'm the Padres and you keep Tatis at shortstop which I think you should because he's an outstanding defensive shortstop we're looking at second base is I think the second base is wide open Luis Arias hasn't done jack in my opinion to earn the second base spot he was supposed to be just given it this year and he failed go back to triple a we're too good for triple a you've proven it go back to the majors struggles I'm I'm a little worried we're in that cycle with Luis Arias just a little worried my worryometer is like it 20% 20% that that I'm I know he can hit I, I definitely know he can hit everyone sees that he can hit he just hasn't been able to hit I don't know what the deal is man it's it's maybe mental maybe it, it's once it's you struggle it's hard to get it back and it's in your head now baseball yeah. is such a mental game yeah. this is that possible I mean you saw that with the Verdugo for a minute he a little bit so hot and then just precipitously just die. It can mess with your head, man. And, and analytics then, can't fix that for you. You could feel, you could, you could almost feel the frustration of just like, whatever he's trying, it's not working. And I'm not ready to label Arias that he's so young and it's still only his, it's his really, he came up last year in a, like a cup of coffee mode and struggled and then didn't make the team this year. I don't know what to, I don't, I don't know what anymore. Head That's all. Up. I don't know anymore. And Xavier Edwards 
is a potential answer at second, but it's just going to take a long time. He's 19, and he's not one of these fast track guys like it, 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 um, Mackenzie Gore. He's not going to do that. I doubt that this is the case, but it's like since we mentioned Jordan earlier, um, can't remember. There was like a rookie who got onto the Bulls team who was like supposed to make it. Jordan was like much older, about to about to start re- thinking about retirement. Um, and I guess he just had a conversation with the kid, and Pippen was talking about a lot um, in the locker room, where Jordan would just like nail this poor kid down to the point where mentally he just could not make any shot. That sucks. During the game, because that's who Jordan is, kind of. Jordan's yeah. not he a was, mentor. No, 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 no. Jordan's. I'm gonna. An he's competing. He would get in fights with teammates yep. because he's competing so hard in practice, he won't lose to you in practice, okay. and he'll punch you in the face, yep. a la Steve Kerr, famously. There's this story that Jordan punched Kerr in the face, and. Yeah. Um, and he just he gets in fights with people in practice because he's the winner, and that's this is my Jordan Lebron spiel, and that it's it's been gaining steam the last couple of years when you compare Jordan to Lebron. Jordan's the Lebron's the the lab rat who you create in a, a tank to be the best perfect basketball player, mm. and Jordan is just the winner. The winner. Jordan's gonna beat you, and I don't care who you put against Jordan. He'll fight. he was one of the best defenders in the league because he didn't let anyone get by him. He's gonna get rebounds. And he's going to put the ball in the basket because yeah. he's going to beat you. LeBron is one of those guys who's just like, I don't care who the hell you LeBron's are. LeBron's one of the best not, of all time. I'm not going to argue about that. And he's, if you're going to build a perfect basketball player, I think it would look like LeBron James, yeah. who's arguably the fastest and the strongest player on the court every time he walks on the court right. and can add shooting to his game. He's a champion, but he's not, he's not Jordan. He, exactly. He'll never be Jordan. And Jordan would beat his ass, I think. Jordan would eat him alive if they played. Maybe. Maybe the competitive, the competitive nature Jordan would of eat him, Jordan, Jordan would eat him alive. Would come alive, yeah. yeah. We'll just, like, overpower whatever ability. Because I think that is, like, a head trip thing that happens, and that's something that we've noted. Like, How did we get into this? Where were we on? No, because, I mean, I'm just saying, like, what if there's the possibility that there's somebody in the clubhouse who's just talking shit to the poor kid? The just poor beating kid, his ass? Like, yeah. Like, I don't I don't think that's happening. You're so good. You think you're going to do so hot. You ain't shit. And... You know, it, it gets bad. Like, I've been a catcher. And I well, Luis Arias is not that – he's not the, the wonder kid that comes up. Sure. And is, but he, like, he's not Tatis. Sure. But, and I don't think anyone would say that to Tatis. I think you want to mentor the kids. I don't think you want to shoot – Jordan's such a rare breed. I don't think you just felt like a fun story. Yeah. It's a good, it was a good story. And I don't. I just don't think there's any Jordans in the Padre Clubhouse who are just riding the kid. Right. Because the only dad in the clubhouse is Craig Stammen. Mm-hmm. And – he, he, he's called dad. They call him dad because the team is so young and that's all you got. But it's not going to be Machado because Machado no. doesn't fucking care about anything. Um, <laughs> not even his little goatee. Oh, the goatee. It's the worst <laughs> goatee in sports. But Hosmer's not that guy either. Hosmer's the, the uncle that you like if you're Luis Arias. He's the younger, hip uncle that's going to be friendly and like build you up. I don't, he doesn't, I don't think anyone's riding any of the young guys. I'm just... And I don't think Andy Green's that guy. And I don't think Ballsley or um, any, I don't think any of those guys are that guy. I miss McGuire, by the way. Get McGu- I liked having a bench coach that had like the panache of like a Mark McGuire. Right. Who could or Matt Stairs? Who could be another that kind of guy to be a, a bench coach? I don't know. Just because you said Mark McGuire, the next mind, the next person that came to mind is Sammy Sosa. Imagine him. That'd be as a, super weird. As a, as a coach. I also like having that guy <laughs> as the coach because if there's ever like a benches clearing brawl and the teams are coming oh, out of yeah, the dugout, I want McGuire on my team. Really? Just old man strength. Yeah. Still have that steroid strength in him. Like 
one of the more intimidating intimidating guys I can think of, McGuire. I want that guy on my bench. Now we don't really have we have Rod Barajas, who's just like the fat catcher guy, who I love. I, I think he's the next manager of the Padres, but he's not intimidating guy coming out of the. He's not going to scare the shit out of the young guys, you know. So this year, <laughs> C.J. Abrams. We, I mean, we talked about him with. Benjamin. Benjamin Chase, yeah, got a, my dyslexia kicked in there. Okay. From high school, Georgia. Georgia, we talked about, pumps out everybody. Love Georgia for high school baseball talent. C.J. Abrams, we're kind of hoping he turns into D. Gordon, I think. Uh, shortstop, second base, center field maybe. Speedster. Is, is six feet, 185 for now. I mean, you see him at 6'2", maybe, but I'm not sure about that. Rail thin. <laughs> Story of my life. That's kind of like me, too. <laughs> Um, looks like a child, and I think has a lot of That's room to keyboard. has a lot of room to mature and develop some strength. But has just hit everything so far in the minors, and I'm really happy to see that pick pay off. Although it is the minor, it's, it's way too early to. It's, early it's just nice to be excited about it. Okay. Anyway, I see as a as a future D Gordon type guy, you're very happy with that. If that's his ceiling, that's a slap that's a great ceiling. Quick not not maybe not even necessarily slap, but hitting spraying balls everywhere line drives smoking things he's he i think he's fine i i like that as a as a top pick um uh, like we talked about before the draft wasn't super top heavy mm-hmm. uh there was a couple guys i mean some kyle glazer said he liked the top of the draft a lot and then benjamin chase said he didn't so i think you're seeing kind of both cj abrams is automatically one of the fastest guys in the draft so you're happy with that that tool that tool is not going anywhere that's not a tool you can lose at least early in your career, unless you're, you know, that's going to be there. He's going to, he's one of the fastest guys out there. Um, Makes a lot of contact too. Hits it to all fields. We like that. He's not going to be a power hitter, but not everybody needs to be a power hitter on your team. I'm fine with this. If you throw a, if you throw a 55 hit tool on him and a 40, 35 power on him and you give him a 75, 80 run, which I think is very possible for him. That makes me happy. Yeah, under 10 home runs, but 30, 40 steals. And it's not just steals. It's uh, getting first to second on a base hit. It's getting first first to third on a base hit. It's scoring from first base on double. It's All that stuff really matters that you're not really – it doesn't show up in your stolen bases category, but it matters a ton. And everyone calls him the next D. Gordon, which is fine, and I would love D. Gordon. But even if he's not D. Gordon, if he's a a tier down – Hits 280 because D, D Gordon, people forget how good D Gordon. He hits 300 every year right. when he's not Quiet. getting suspended for steroids. He always hits 300. And so if he if CJ Abrams is hitting 270, 280, but gets on base, knows how to run, knows knows how to. I mean, Eric Hosmer can teach him how to run the bases. That's, that's Eric Hosmer's <laughs> job. Eric Hosmer gets so much credit for running the bases. Well, I, yeah. he the. The one time he scored that game-winning run in the World Series or something, you remember? The mistake. Um, yeah, where he just blew through third base and yeah. was, should have been out by a mile. This is this is the guy that we're going to have everyone um, teach running to and drops everything at first base. I, 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 <laughs> I low-key low really hate Eric Hosmer. Uh, Other picks the Potters made. Uh, so I'm, I'm not really super jacked about uh, T.J. Abrams. It's a fine pick. It's What else are you going to do in that scenario? Except take CJ, whatever. Um, hashtag trust and brother. Hudson Head. <laughs> Hudson Head, we talked a lot about. He was the fourth round pick. Um, high ceiling guy. He's a really strong commitment to Oklahoma. 
a guy who's going to play outfield from Texas. He went to Churchill, Texas high school, but kind of does everything well. Speed, he's one of the faster guys in the draft, too. Throwing about, a, I think MLB had a 60-grade run on him, which is fine. I was, I was watching a little bit of the draft recap later. Um, I didn't get to see the draft live. But they think he can develop into high hit tool, high power, high speed guy, plays defense well. They think he can develop into kind of a stud across the board, which is why you take the chance and the risk on him. Josh Mears, who was taken right before him, I heard Keith Law call him like a, a typical Padres high ceiling kind of gambling pick, which I kind of get. Um, he's a high school guy too. He's from Washington, had a commitment to Purdue. Bigger guy in the mold of like the Buddy Reed. He's he's 6'3", 235. He's a big dude. And they didn't blow their, their cash on him. They blew it on Hudson Head. But Josh Mears, probably an easier guy to get. MLB had him ranked at 118, I think, in their draft coverage. Yeah, he was at 118. Instead, he went in the second round. If he's this, you know, high-ceiling prospect um, is a second-round pick, I'm, I'm fine with that, too, if you're projecting the guy that who we can work with, ch- change him from the guy that's all potential right now, very raw, take those raw prospects, and hopefully we hit with a couple of them in the future. If you just take all really raw, really high potential guys, if one of them hits, you're doing something right. That's all that is. It's, he's a gamble pick, but I'm fine with it as a second rounder. And then in the third round, they took a catcher, Logan Driscoll. George Mason guy played three years, so he's a junior. He wasn't really ranked high up on a lot of draft boards either, but I, ca- I think the projection for him is kind of just maybe an average regular or a very good backup. Um, gets on base, which I like. I like catchers that are just on, just be on base yeah. machines. I think that's all your job is. Um, don't don't strike out a ton. Get on base. Manage your staff. Receive the ball well. Like work on all the defensive things that aren't going to show up in a box score as a catcher. And then if you chip in a little bit of power, and you're not killing us with strikeouts, like Austin H- Austin Hedge isn't doing crap right now for the Padres. He he's taking a huge step backwards offensively. And I think Mejia is going to get a, a more serious look now because of it, which I'm fine with. Mejia needs to get a serious look. But if Dr- Driscoll just I – don't, I don't know what to expect from Driscoll yet. Just be a contact guy. Be a guy that gets on base. And you're going to find a place in the majors. Luis Camposano is going to probably compete with him. I mean, Camposano is already at high A, but he was a high school pick a couple years ago. So who's going to get there first? and kind of fight for the next backup catcher position. I don't know how long the tandem of Mejia and Hedges is going to stick around. I like the combo a lot, but there's catchers coming, and Camposano's one, and Driscoll might be one too. So we'll see. Um, we're going to save Kirby Yates' scenario, trade scenarios for next week. What was better, the five hour or the coffee? I'm still doing the show. Okay. We're going to save Kirby Yates' trade scenarios for next week. We're going to save rotation projection for next week too we'll just tease that for now but basically i feel like now is a really good time to trade kirby yates and we're going to get into those scenarios next week Sound good? preferably i think i think he fits well with the yankees i think that's a good fit so we'll explore some trade scenarios with kirby yates we're gonna explore next year's rotation which is gonna have some guys coming back nelson lamette garrett richards some some familiar faces who are in there this year 
prospects that we've seen come up, prospects that we have not seen come up, and what that rotation is going to look like for 2020. That's the year the Potters are going to fuck, 2020. That's the year what? They're going to fuck. Silicon Valley reference. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you for listening. That was uh, the, the very first uh, with both feet in the Padre prospect pool. Went all in. Potter's prospects and some other stuff that was nonsense, but that's going to do it. Follow our Twitter accounts. We're still at PSL underscore baseball and at here's Johnny Ray. Follow us on Believe. If you enjoy the show, please remember to subscribe. We're still available on all the same platforms. Google, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher. I like Stitcher. You can find us on Believe at Believe.com, at Believe Podcast on Twitter. Leave your comments, questions, concerns, rate the show, all that good stuff. And this game is getting crazy. So the Pirates are trying to rally here in the 11th. What the? No, get out of here. You guys will know what happens. It's 10-8 now and things have just gone to hell. Maton is terrible. Yeah. See you guys next week. Just move on. Toward your destination Though you may find From time to time No, I said it was good already. Quit fucking with it. Take the... One notch and he's just like, what the fuck? Well, yeah. Is it good? Yes. All right, I'm going to change it now. Like, what the... Thank you, Monica. You're on my team here. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.